When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nervous Podcast number 858. Loot Crate is today's uh, sponsor for this Nervous Podcast. Say, on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and or collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life, or maybe that's you, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. But you forget every month, you forget it's coming, and then it comes, and then it's like a happy surprise. Because there's a different theme, there are new exclusive items that you can only get with Loot Crate. So treat yourself, or treat a loved one, or treat an enemy, and make them a friend. <laughs> Puzzle them. <laughs> I would love that. Someone like... You don't like you just send them. A you just send them a thing just, like, just to see what happens. I love this, but who did? Who this? did this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this month they're going primal uh, and unleashing the beasts of some of pop culture's most ferocious franchises, um, it, including Overwatch, Wolverine, Jurassic World, Predator, uh, and of course some monthly tea and pin. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, it is over. So go to lootcratecom nerdist and enter the promo code nerdist to save 10% off any new subscription. Uh, thanks to Loot Crate for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Katie Levine, what's in your wallet? So I got a cool one for people that live in L.A. There is an uh, organization called the Friends of L.A. River, and uh, they, they do a yearly river cleanup, and it's a... Uh, Last year, they had 9,000 volunteers, and they hauled off more than 70 tons of trash, and this year they want to do even more. Suck it, trash. Right. The dates are April 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Those are all Saturdays. You can find out more info or sign up at folar.org slash cleanup. This sounds so much fun. I'm absolutely going to do one of these dates because that just sounds like something I would love to do. Excellent. To get up there and pick up trash. And also, Dark Knight Live is a podcast about arts professionals in Chicago where they get to talk about uh, who they are, where they came from, and uh, they just get to be themselves. It sounds really awesome, and you can find it on iTunes and everywhere that podcasts are. Fantastic. I have a little something that I would like to mention, Katie Levine, which oh. is uh, the ID10T Festival. Yes. ID10T Fest. I saw you announce this on Twitter today. I did. So a couple of years ago, I was doing this tour with uh, the, the Oddball Comedy Tour, which we hit amphitheaters around yeah. the country. It was really fun. Um, and at that time, the company, uh, SGE, who was working with Live Nation on that, said, uh, hey, would you want to do your own one of these? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And they go, okay. And then I didn't hear anything about it for almost two years. And then a year ago, last February, they came to me and they said, okay, what do you think? What would you want to do? And I said, well, I guess if I'm thinking about it, um, I've been to a lot of a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to Comic Cons. I've been to Maker Fairs. I've been to uh, music festivals, performed at comedy festivals and 
you know, it, I think it'd be really fun if someone just kind of mashed. All, I, I haven't seen anyone mash all those together. No. And I don't know if that's separate. because there's zero demand for that sort of thing <laughs> or if just the right person didn't connect all those dots. So I said, you know, I would probably have a main stage with music and a comedy tent and then, you know, but all of the exhibitor booths would be like a Comic-Con. So it'd be like a Comic-Con by day. And then as the day went on, you know, there'd be panels and podcasts then the, the comedy tent would start in the late afternoon, and then that would kind of dovetail into the music. And so there was always something to do. Yeah, uh, cosplay contests, you That's know, all awesome. that sort of thing. So, so they said yes. That's like something for everybody. I hope. So that's what we're doing. Uh, ID10T is going to be June 24 and 25 uh, at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, which is in I Silicon Valley. I used to go Valley. there when I lived. You did? Yeah, I went to concerts venue. there when I was younger and I lived there. It's a there. great venue. Um, we had a great show there for uh, for. Oddball. I used to go to a festival there called BFD that Live 105 put on. Live 105. Yep. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, our bands, we have uh, Weezer, OK Go, Car what? Seat Headrest, Girl Talk, TV on the Radio, Crystal Castles, Animal Collective, um, The Mowgli's, bunch more, The Comedy Stage, Dimitri Martin, Nikki Glazer, Michael Ian Black, April Richardson, Bronger, Hampton, Hampton Yunt, Garfunkel and Oates, Posehn, Michael Che, Yasser Lester. Oh my God. And then there's That's a e- great lineup. And then there's an EDM tent, which is going to be like the cosplay tent. And I mean, it's, and then a bunch of, you know, Skybound's going to be there. Boom. But this is going to be really fun. I think it's going to be really fun. Literally something for everyone. I hope, or at least anyone who likes stuff in our sector. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it just seemed like, why not try it? Why not, you know, why not see if there's something fun that we can do? So please come out. You can go to ID10TFest.com. It's ID and then the number 10 T Fest. Yes. Dot com. So thank you for listening to me ramble on about my festival. I'm, I'm <laughs> super excited about it. You know what I'm super excited about? Just having that fucking pass that means I can go wherever I want. <laughs> Whenever you're at a festival, you're like, fuck, I really want the God Pass. Yeah. So uh, I'm very excited about you that. You should make it say the God Pass for you. That'd be a great one. idea. That'd be a really great idea. You uh, can do it. It's your festival. You fuck your rock. Right. I can do whatever want, I want. I don't got to listen to you. Um, this episode is Acker and Blacker, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. And if you don't know who they, who they are, you should. Acker and Blacker created Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is not only a live show that ran for like 10 years in Los Angeles, but it also is a podcast that we put out on Nerdist. You can listen They're to all of it. Two on of the smartest, funniest guys I know. And also Ben Blacker hosts the writer's panel, uh, which is a, which Nerdist puts out. And uh, and he's, you know, hundreds of episodes of talking to writers and showrunners. And it's so interesting, especially if you're interested in writing. You got to listen to it. But I adore these guys, and, uh, and I'm so glad that we were able to have them on because they're writing – they have a new book series uh, right now. The first book, Star Wars, Join the Resistance, uh, which is a Star Wars book for young adults, is available March 8th. Uh, and, you know, listen to their podcast too. But I adore these guys. They're great. They're, they're great. Two of the most talented writers. And, and fu- funny. Fucking – they're both hilarious, but goddamn Ben Acker <laughs> just – I, I see his face forming like he's about to say something and I start laughing. <laughs> um, so these guys are on. This episode also brought to you by Stamps.com, which saves you time and money, allows you to grow your business, mail any letter, any package using your computer. Your mail carrier picks it up. Avoid the hassle of the post office and, and mail everything from postcards, envelopes to packages, domestic or international. You know, April Richardson has a bit in her act where she, because we just performed in Irvine this weekend, and she has a bit about how a, a teenage girl legit came went up to her in a post office and said excuse me how do i mail a letter and april had to explain to her like you put a stamp on like she had to explain oh the my whole God. process but you know that poor kid wouldn't have to do that if she just had stamps.com just print wow. it out put it on the envelope mail carrier picks it up you know it's not you don't have to deal with it anymore it's convenient 24 7 
Uh, Stamps.com brings all the services of the post office right to your fingertips. Buy and print any official U.S. postage for any letter, package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. They're going to send you a digital scale. You know, you too can join the stamp service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com into the promo code NERDIST. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Katie Levine, it is now time to begin Nerdist Podcast number 858, which um, has a very nice palindromic quality (laughs) to it, with Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, which has a very nice rhyming quality to it. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. We're just playing with your toys. Welcome to the... Oh, is this my book? For me? Mm-hmm. Your book for you. Star Wars, Join the Resistance. Or is it Star, Join the Resistance Wars? Yeah, Dealer just like shows. the title. Okay, great. Just like the movies. <laughs> Star, Empire Strikes Back Wars. Star, The Force Awakens Wars. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know one, I know one. Uh, keep Hope Alive, Star Wars Episode 4. Keep hope alive. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah. Keep hope alive. Have you ever seen a Star Wars movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, well, that was weird. You just shook your head no. <laughs> well, but, but you're, we're right, reco- but you're we're writing. You, but you wrote a Star Wars book, so you've never actually seen a Star Wars movie? I, I, I know. I know that Star Wars thing. Yeah, I don't know. You saw the Wikipedia page. <laughs> what, I've, been, I've been to Prague. I know that thing. <laughs> Everybody, there's people listening who are like, Wait, he really didn't fucking watch Star Wars? I don't fucking... I, I don't like space. I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Hmm. Well, you love people to hear you scream. <laughs> What's funny is that I think a lot of people don't know that when Star Wars came out, uh, A New Hope was not the title... That yeah. was not the title of Star Wars until, I think, like 1982 or something. It was just yeah. Star Wars. That Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah, that Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> Some Star Wars. And it's still so hard to talk about, all yeah. of them. When you're like, no, the the first one, the Union yeah. episode one, no, no, Star Wars. Well, they're all all Star Wars. Well, and uh, on uh, on talking that a couple weeks ago, there was a clip of Andrew Lincoln talking about because something happens on the show. Spoiler. Where he get? Yeah, I know it's a spoiler. Well, something happens on the show that is analogous to something that happens in a Star Wars movie, and he said, "Oh, this is just like in Star Wars." And I, I think I, I think he was referring to something that happened in Return of the Jedi. So I, so I got pretend mad. I was like, "Oh, uh, I think Andy meant Return of the Jedi." And people were like, "Um, you know, that is a Star Wars movie." And I go, "Yeah, but you wouldn't say something happened in Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can't refer to specific events." With the overall umbrella term, no. like you can say they're part of the Star Wars universe. Right. You'd say that is like something that yeah. happened in the Star Wars universe. Or in Return of the Jedi. Maybe right. they meant yeah. it was this thing that happened when they were in the trash compactor in Star Wars. Like, no, I don't think that's what it, But it was funny to get like in a fake, in, like, a, like fake mad about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then have people think that I was legitimately oh. really calling Andrew Lincoln out, who is... The like actual- the nicest guy in the world, right. and this is where I'm gonna like throw down the well, gauntlet. If the, if the actually people had a sense of humor, they wouldn't be the actual. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's fun. It's Which fun. is my favorite Stephen King. It's fun. The actually, yeah, the actually, the actually people, uh-huh. the actually people. 
That's a great title. It really Thank is. You. That's your next comic book. Right. Yeah, actually, people. Yeah, the it's door's a... not closed. I'm going to close the door. Just so it's not. Nope. It's harder. Isn't the door closing? Yeah. 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 It's, it's too hard. It sure does. Thank you. I love mm-hmm. that the dog didn't even no. move a muscle. She's uh, all out of fucks to give. She doesn't have any, any, any. Basically, that dog is the embodiment of Air Supply's whole catalog. <laughs> <laughs> that dog is all out of love. It's, there's no. There's Fantastic. Just nothing. It's just a, that dog is on impulse power right now. Like there's, people love that dog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what have you guys been up to besides this? I people just. So I'm sure people know. Just in case they don't, Ben and Ben. Acker and Blacker, creators, uh, writers, masters of Thrilling Adventure Hour. True. Um, That's us. Probably uh, one of the best live shows uh, that you ever could possibly see if you had a chance to go see Thrilling Adventure Hour. And uh, and also uh, Nerds Writers Panel. True. uh, Which is, I mean, how many episodes? Oh, my God. We celebrated 300 last year. Oh, my God. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, I think one of the first times, and I think we've talked about this in the past, but one of the first times you did Thrilling, second or third time, uh, I had just started doing the writer's panel. For eight and you six. were like, hey, I'm, I'm starting to put some other podcasts on Nerdist. <laughs> if you're like, yeah, that would be did you great. Guys wanna do, you guys want to do that? It was fantastic. So was how awesome. many, I mean, Jesus Christ. So yeah, over 500 writers I've talked to. That's fucking nothing. So what have you learned throughout this process? Oh, oh, no. We don't have time for that. Uh, I'll, I'll take a break. Yeah, you can, you can take a break. You can go watch Star Wars. What's that? It's a Star Wars movie. About There's listen, some wars in the stars. You want to watch yeah. four, five, six, uh-uh. seven, no. one, no, two, three. No, it's a confusing. Uh-huh. Four is actually one. Okay. No, that makes sense. It's just the rest of it. How do you have a war in a star? It's too well, bright. It's, it's got to be really no, bright. I know. It sounds like you can't have a war in a star. It's sort of a general... Like, you, how many years does it take to see the war? In the... Well, the light from the war. It's, like you're not seeing it. I mean, we're only seeing it now. You're seeing it on Earth, but you're not seeing it like in an astronomical sure. way. Like you're seeing it in, as a movie. This sounds like a real hard movie to understand. No, it's how, how many simple. degrees it's in science do I need? You just to need understand. four or five PhDs in astrophysics uh-huh. and cosmology. But I get the, the fourth one first. You get the yeah. Uh-huh. If you, you get, you get you, here's your PhD card. If sure. you do three, you get a fourth one. For, for, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, sure. how, that's how that works. You yeah. get a PhD card and the yogurt. Wow. But uh, uh, hi. So just out of curiosity, <laughs> yes. And just some just some high just some high level things that you pick because I, I've noticed that there are consistencies. In mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I've talked to, like a lot of the yeah. same themes come up. A lot of the same, you know, people who are successful or make, you know, who are able to make their dreams manifest into real things. Uh, there are consistencies, mm-hmm. even though their paths are all a little bit different. So, what are some consistencies that you found from all these writers that you've talked to? I think the biggest things have been do what you care about. Uh, you know, there's so much failure and there's so much rejection in this business that if you're not working on something you genuinely care about yeah. it's not worth all of that heartache right uh, and the other is be nice yeah it's just like you meet so many people and never mind the sort of mercenary aspect where you know you may meet them 10 years later and they could be able to help you out but just be nice it yeah. it helps with getting jobs it helps with you know it really, longevity. It's, well, it's the journey, not the destination, in a thing like that. So yeah. you may as well have a good time, absolutely. And not, not hold on to. Anger. You can get absolutely. away with being a dick for a while, but the second people don't have to hire you, you know, yeah. then you know, 
I think and, that's really true. And so it's just not – it doesn't do anyone any good. The business is fucking hard enough. <laughs> it's hard enough yeah. than to get in the way. Absolutely. And what are yours? Like you heard from um, – it, It's very, very similar. It's you know following uh, what you're passionate about. Um, people seem to not really uh, – I don't want to say I don't want to say like not take no for an answer, but at least mm-hmm. it's there's a persistence that's involved, yeah. Uh, and there's a being able to um, figure out how to turn negatives into positives <laughs> somehow, or like learn from mistakes. People with long term success, but it but a lot of it is like focusing on what you're passionate about, yeah. um, no matter no matter what that is. But I always want to know, uh, especially from writers, how they get past that sort of wall that you know, like when you get to the point where. And when you guys were doing thrilling, well, I guess you guys didn't really have a lot of time to really think about it too much because <laughs> no, you were doing a moving a, train. It was a monthly show, yeah. and like a fucking full. <laughs> was it ninety minutes? It was about yeah, 85, 90 minutes. A ninety minute full show, a like a script, scripted, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. three separate stories. A new eighty page script. Every a new month. eighty page script every month yeah. for ten years. That's it. it. <laughs> no, when, when we stopped the, the month that we stopped and we went to see a Paul F. Tompkins show at Largo that week before, yeah. where we didn't have to replace actors last minute, we didn't have to go over the script with the band, we didn't have to scramble. I had a, a nice brunch. Like it was, <laughs> it was only then that I realized, oh. This was hard. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you're so in it that you yeah. don't realize. And we had fun 90% of the time. You know, right, like, I mean, of any episode. Like, most of it was a blast. Yeah. I mean, Thrilling was a full radio play with a full band, yeah. amazing cast, uh, folks like Paul F. Tompkins and uh, and Nathan Fillion was in a lot yeah. of them. We I had amazing guest Paget stars. Paget Brewster. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Uh, uh, the, it was uh, Busy Phillips. Mm-hmm. It was it was an incredible cast, so well done, had such a following. People, I loved that this culture developed around it. People would get dressed up, oh yes, like <laughs> dapper dressed up to come to Thrilling, and it uh, it was a real experience, which I feel like is is very unique. An ex- you know, an experience is different from just a show. Yeah, and there was a real culture behind it, and uh, that must have. I mean. You'd say that it was it was a relief to not have to do it, but it must have been hard to oh, let it go. Oh it, yeah, I, did I say relief? I didn't mean to. It was, <laughs> it was um it was just a it was realizing how much it, work it was. It was looking up, going, "Oh, now I'm yeah. 40." Right, <laughs> right. And it was. I mean, like we stopped doing the monthly show in 2015, and then we could not let it go. <laughs> we kept doing sort of sporadic shows, but like Christmas shows. What, yeah, Christmas, Christmas shows. sketch fest, Earth Day. Uh-huh. Any <laughs> like excuse? A million of them. <laughs> well, because Earth Day is thematically relevant, of course. Because yeah. yeah. it happens on Earth, not in space. That's exactly <laughs> right. So ben doesn't to, like space stuff. Yeah, you have to I don't understand. Get it. <laughs> so war. It's like there are wars. Mm-hmm. There stars just mean like Star Wars just means like it's in space. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not in our galaxy. Okay. It's in a galaxy very far, far then away. how do they even know about it? Well, <laughs> that's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> Is I it happening say, concurrent? I'm going to say wormholes. Oh, sh- yeah. oh gross. <laughs> You're thinking of something else. You're thinking of a different franchise. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's a totally different franchise. I was just guessing that that's how we would know. We would just peer through a wormhole. Oh, I don't know. Do- my dog has wormholes. See this duck. Di- <laughs> well, you should... <laughs> Is that you a good joke? Into another, right you, in. you can see into another galaxy <laughs> yeah. through his poop. <laughs> That's actually kind of a great. Uh-huh. There's a Rick and Morty storyline right there, and there somewhere of like Good. an intergalactic, yeah, it up and an intergalactic, intergalactic vet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's and the dog has wormholes. Oh, he's got That's wormholes. The, uh, and then they have to go. Is that Rick and Morty? That's Rick or that, Morty. That would yeah, be Rick. Perfect. No, you know, Morty. Morty would be really. <laughs> ah, jeez, Rick. But uh, Rick would be. Uh, 
So right. you were more rigged. You don't have to audition. Can it's I? All, you're just, already you in. Tell them I just want to do, wanna do it. it. I already did. Yeah, okay. yeah I way already did. Right. Yeah, I already. I already oh, are sent, you Rick I sent, or Morgan? I sent Royland. I was like, listen, I don't. I'll just be a guy in the background that's like, I'm an alien. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, fair. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a shit. But how do you guys? <laughs> I give a shit. Yeah, I give, you give a lot of shits. I give. I give. I'm not. I'm not yeah, like this three dog. Three times as here. many shits. As three times. <laughs> but this dog gives zero shits. So three yeah, times I'm zero is zero. Guy. I'm not a math guy. Yeah, I know. But three times zero times anything is zero. Explain. Well, <laughs> pull out the chalkboard. Ben, if did you, you see zero, hidden figures? Uh, oh, if you have zero, no. no matter how many times you have zero, it's always going to be zero. Zero can't okay. times anything. It's All right, I'll take your word for it. Okay, that's one that's opinion. That's math. God damn it. So you don't know math. You don't know Star Wars. No. How do you get out of the house every day? I know day? pants. I know shoes. <laughs> He's a real pants and shoes man. I, uh, I know. Uh, no pants, no shoes, no service. Here's, here's the order. Yeah. Pants, then shoes. <laughs> how Never sicker. How long did you to figure that out? Oh, I just read it online. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you know how to work the internet. Mm-hmm. That's not math. <laughs> yeah. Prove it. It might be magic. It's ones and zeros. It's, it's kind of mathematical. All right. He doesn't okay. believe in that stuff. All right. It does, it it does work, believe. though. I mean, like a lot yeah. of it does work. You, know? yeah, you click on it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> so, is it, all right, is the Katie. Promoted? Katie, start rolling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not recording. <laughs> no, I'm no. I'm sorry. This was just for us to hang out. Of course. Yeah, yeah. This is oh, yeah. Anyway. In order to hang out in the, uh, in the new millennium, you got to have a podcast. I think you'll find out these microphones are not anything. So, that's yeah, pretty please great. Don't, please don't worry We're recording from inside the house. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but how do you guys, how, how have you learned to break through that, you know, there must have been times where you're like, I don't have anything to say. I can't, you know, it's like your brain is the end of a toothpaste tube where you're just trying to <laughs> fold up the, and mush out any little bit and suck on the end of the tube just to get enough paste to get a little foam. That is a great analogy. So how do, you, how do you do, how do you, how do you get the foam out of the paste? I don't think it ever really happened with Thrilling, no. again, because it was a moving train. Like, yeah. we had to have a new script every month. And we're, we love breaking story. Yeah. Like, that's the best part. So figuring out the, the serialized arcs of Sparks was always mm-hmm. the easy and fun, and we had something going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for Beyond Belief, which was like the, the uh, Thin Man with Ghosts segment that we did with Paul and Paget. it was like we'd come with too many ideas. We'd sit down mm-hmm. with, like, what, what do you want to play with? Which which monster haven't we seen yet? Yeah, and then like it just it just came, and that's sort of how we've approached all of the stuff we've done. Like we haven't done stuff that we're not excited to do for the most part. Yeah, you know, like this Star Wars book was like, oh, we have forty years of ideas for this book. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for this my whole life, um, and they pitched us a premise, and then. For us, it was just like, what are characters we would love to see in this universe? And then, mm. what are the toys of Star Wars that we want to play with? Is the Hammerhead in here? No. no. It mostly no. takes place on the Resistance base right before Force Awakens. Got it. So we're, we were sort of limited to those characters, but you know Admiral Ackbar is in there. What? Oh, yep. yeah. No, Admiral Ackbar features, features big in there. He does. It's, Ackbar, is, is, it's Ackbar doing Ackbar shit? The kids in the book. So it's a bunch of, about a bunch of kids who join the resistance. They want to fly the X wings, but they're not ready yet. It's um, Goonies in Star Wars. Yeah, oh, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Our main character is just a Admiral Ackbar fanboy. He's so excited <laughs> to meet him. Yeah. Like, like, Luke, that's Luke, the hero of Luke the rebellion. Walker, uh, Leia's great, <laughs> yeah. but Ackbar, man, that's, I, that's him right over there. Yeah. So it was fun doing stuff like that. Do they ever make him say it's a trap? I can't remember if we say it in there. I don't. I think we went around it. We found another joke to do around it, which is what we did with a lot of like Star Wars 
you know, phrases and things like that. It's yeah. like, what's, what's a version of it you haven't seen before? Right, right, right. So uh, this, is a, this is an ample book. It's 200 pages. But it's for children. But let's, it's for let's children. Let's be serious. It's middle grade is how they describe it. Yeah, but that's, that's the age group. It's not the quality mean of the book. I'm not read it. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. No, I think you'll enjoy that's it. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Man, let's not put labels on no. what age group should read Oh, no. This it's for everybody. What, it's for what us. Grown we wrote men it for in us. Their 40s should, or, should not we read absolutely this read this. wrote it for us. Like, yeah. we never thought about who is the seventh or eighth grader who's going to read it. It's. What do I want to see in this? Yeah. You know, and and then if there was there wasn't even stuff from the editors that was like you have to walk this back. Right. I think no, I only say that to explain that it is two hundred pages, but a big font. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's <laughs> why. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that was so great about thrilling is it sort of ha- it had that mm-hmm. it had that bit of Simpsons magic where if you didn't understand. The, you know, and any of the stratified layers of jokes that were going on, there there was there was there was a stratum for yeah. everyone. If you were a kid, you could watch it and be completely entertained. Yeah, uh, and we you... love that kids would come to the show, or even oh, at like yeah. conventions, dressed as these socialite drunk characters <laughs> was so funny. But there's also like if you get the thin man, if you get the references, right. that's a layer. If oh, you yeah. get any of the subtext, that's yeah. another layer. I mean, it just it was so well. Thank you. Done, Thanks. and I remember. Oh, I can't. Who was the first person? I can't remember who the first person to tell me about it. It might have been Paul F. Uh, about Thrilling. When you guys were Probably. still doing it at M-Bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, back when Comedy Death Ray was at, you mm-hmm. know, at M-Bar and you guys were doing doing that. And he was like, well, it's like a, it's like a sci-fi serialized <laughs> radio play. And I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can understand. <laughs> Little did you know, it was pretty much for you. <laughs> it was 112% it was, yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. That's how percentages work. No, I get that. That's obvious. <laughs> so in so looping back around to this question, yes. These all of these incredible writers, I mean all these showrunners and people who've created all the things that everyone loves and have stood the test of time. What is their <laughs> some who haven't <laughs> some who haven't, but what is their what has been some what have been some of their secrets for, you know, pushing through? Uh I think it really is. I mean, it's like Ben said, it's this, it's not getting discouraged and remembering why you do this, whether that is because you love it. Ideally, that's what it is. But maybe it's you're not qualified to do anything else, (laughs) which is how we often feel. Um, You know, like, it comes up a lot that the people who make it uh, are the people who persisted, you know, like, and, and you know this, I mean, this is how it is. And comedy is like, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yes. You know, and it's the same in writing. It's, you know, we've been at this for a long time and we kind of did our thing, but to, you know, we haven't had a show of our own, a TV show of our own. So when we do, it's going to be like, where did these guys come from? Right. We've been right here the whole time. The, the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of funny how just <laughs> if someone hasn't heard of you yet, they just assume you didn't exist before. Yeah. Well, you could just come out of the woodwork? Yeah, I came out of the woodwork <laughs> doing a monthly, you know. Right. And that's, I mean, it's it's a crazy thing because there are, like, there's an audience for thrilling. There's an audience for the comics we do, for the stuff we do. Written 10,000 pages of exactly. scripts. Oh, yeah, we got our Gladwells in. <laughs> you yeah. got your Gladwells in? <laughs> well, that's interesting that you you know Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> I'm a reader. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I read like every podcast. So no, but you can't read a podcast, mm-hmm. and and you only get a lot of transcripts. That your shoes go on after your pants. Yeah. Okay. The tra- that's only the tra- after. Makes sense. Did you right? read that a book tracks. about that? Yeah, I read a I read a podcast. It's sort oh. of like it's sort of like how that was sort of, that was one. It was like it was like 
it was a fun, clever nod, I think, uh, in Sherlock. But I think was it was a difficult one for me to swallow in the updated, you know, like in the mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch version, Cumberbatch version, where he didn't know, uh, he didn't understand anything about our solar system or something. <laughs> and, and I think his justification was, you know, like oh, he's too he's too focused on you know the what he was to yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't want to get old Doctor Who in your. I want, so yeah, I want to so bad. Yeah, so bad. What if his his mind palace is a TARDIS? You guys, come on, it's right there. Maybe that's the hidden clue. What if the mind palace is inside the TARDIS, and that means that Doctor Who is basically just an extension of his subconscious, and that whole universe exists inside Sherlock's mind? I've just connected the two shows. I've but just... you also called him Doctor Who. No, not, I didn't call the character Doctor okay. Who. Okay. I was talking about the I just don't want you to get it yelled at. No, 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 no. Listen, of all people, believe me, I know. But you know what's interesting? It's that Capaldi calls him Doctor Who. Like, the older generation of people who watched Who in the 60s, mm-hmm. they refer to the character as Doctor Who, even though really? modern-day fans right. would not say Doctor Who, and you also do not abbreviate Doctor. No. But the old, but the old school people do. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just like, what are these fucking kids in their rules? That's really funny. Yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. I think the abbreviating of Doctor is going to come back around because of Twitter. Um, I think you're going to have to abbreviate it. No. It's, Save it's, those it's, characters. It's totally survived. <laughs> Twitter's been around for what? Eight, 30 years? 10 20, months? 20, 30 years. 10, 10 months? months? Yeah. <laughs> but you, I, I, your joke was I think let's just all talk about things like, let's all talk about things with just made up facts like we don't really know. This is the world we live in. Most facts. <laughs> Fit podcast. True. That's true. Isn't it crazy now to me? I mean, we really do live in a strange matrix where it just doesn't. It, it, <laughs> oh, it's don't get sad. Crazy. Let's not get sad. Facts no. like just don't sad. matter anymore, and I don't even just mean politically. I just mean for anything. Yeah. yeah. That there's a people don't care. People only care what they want to believe, mm-hmm. and you could say anything, and a percentage of people it will, that will be their reality, and that will be true, and you could show them proof. That what they believe isn't true. You'd be like, well, here's a video of the thing that you Yeah, who made that video? Yeah, exactly. And And what's in it for them? Follow the money. It's really Woodward and Bernstein's fault. And then a percentage of those people will still go, no, fuck you, because, you know, I... Videos are biased. I have, yes, I have my own confirmation (laughs) bias. And I don't really care what the... There's there's so much willful ignorance at the moment Mm -hmm. where people are just, like, rushing to... You know, not, the the not truth, yeah. uh, as it were, and that it doesn't matter. And again, I, this isn't even about politics. This is about everything because of because of the internet. It is uh, it is such a strange time. And the internet is where you can find the true thing. <laughs> like, but it's where you can also to some find degree, all the things. Uh-huh. <laughs> to some yeah. degree, like the higher results in Google, right? Yeah, are I, true. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how you do it. I, I for the for, I'm not for a, scientist. a while. I really wanted to. I wanted to pitch a show called IRL and the whole point of the show was you'd find people who uh, who you know violently supported something Mm -hmm. and then you would prove to them by tracing back source you know like peeling all the source layers back that they actually believed the opposite of what they thought they believed because Mm -hmm. they didn't source their information properly and they you know but the, the Make it peeling, a game show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. <laughs> the peeling back is the really interesting thing to me because it is – I think if you take people in these sort of micro steps of mm-hmm. like, okay, here – let me disprove this small piece of it 
And then you can build on that to the next piece. Right. You can't just come at someone and say, the thing you believe isn't true. Right. Here's why. Right. It has to be these series of really small steps. And we're just, we are, have short attention spans or we're too lazy. Well, I don't know what it everyone is. Everyone is an information outlet now. Yeah. And, you know, for better or for worse, infrastructures do have checks and balances in place that are supposed to, you know, filter out, find, fact, you know, fact check, really... But people don't have those infrastructures, and humans are flawed, and humans are, generally only express things as they apply to them, and the baggage that they have, and that is, a ref- you know, the world is a reflection of their own yeah. mm-hmm. self-image and baggage. And so when you have things being taken factually through that incredibly clouded filter, it's at times uh, billions, mm. you know. It's just a, it's just a strange. I mean, I, it, I see stuff all the time online that I know that I know for a fact because they're about things that I work on and people assert with such, mm. you know, sure, you know, like this is the how. Oh, I know that's not how it is, <laughs> but that's you know. But now a percentage of people are going to believe that, and then they're going to have their carbon copy of that, which is going to have uh, some resolution loss yeah. and fidelity mm-hmm. loss and. Uh, and yeah. so on and so on and so just on. Just like the Catholics and the Protestants. I mean, just like... <laughs> no, I think it's more like multiplicity, the society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, Which is a great sequel. <laughs> right, everybody's got a piece of, of pizza in their wallets in that one. <laughs> yep. You bring me a monkey, Steve? <laughs> An entire state of Doug Fours. <laughs> <laughs> pizza in the wallet. Oh, so good. I got pizza. Uh, I like pizza. <laughs> I like pizza, too. <laughs> Uh, one, of his, one of Michael Keaton's finest performances. And so I saw the best thing use, the other night I, uh, wanted, I wanted to say him just so badly. So good. The, the, one of the most amazing things about that is, I don't know if it's on DVD, but if you get the VHS, oh, yeah. it is the panned and scanned scan. thing you've ever seen. Like, it is, really? When they show it on TV, it has uh-huh. that too. It's amazing because like, you can just see like the edges of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Ben, I, we should say Ben believes multiplicity is a documentary. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It, well, you, so what, yeah, I don't know why more Michael Keatons aren't making more movies. <laughs> well, because once you get to the second or third generations, like put them in comedies. <laughs> but but by that time, President Mom. But by that, you wouldn't watch that movie. Is that the sequel to Mister Dad? <laughs> President Mom. Yeah. I will sequel any Michael Keaton movie. Did you say Mister Dad? <laughs> yeah, that was it, right? <laughs> That's the other sequel. They did two. They did President Mom and Mister Dad, starring Terry Gar. <laughs> As a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> and Senator Werewolf. Sure. <laughs> we can only meet <laughs> during a full moon. We can only convene Congress. We just have, we really just have like six good hours to solve all these problems. <laughs> and the big problem is our war with those vampires. <laughs> Stop filibustering. <laughs> Look, I get it, okay? You want to outlaw silver bullets, but we have to fix the economy first. The Second Amendment says. <laughs> yeah. Half of those people don't want to outlaw sex. We've already shut down the Coors factory, (laughs) which, of course, is the silver bullet. And they all want a kick of beer. They do, yeah. (laughs) From Team Which I always get conflated with Take the Fucking Elephant from Darkman. It's the same... I think the same voice Wait, effect. What was that? Uh, Drink the fucking elephant. People know. I don't remember that. That's when uh, Larry I love Darkman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's starting to have his like psychotic he's starting to have a psychotic break. Was it a stuffed animal? Yeah. yeah. It was okay. they were, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a carnival game that he <laughs> yes. that he won for her, but it got a little weird. Take yes. the fucking elephant. That's right. right. <laughs> I want a keg right. of beer. I don't know if take the fucking elephant is the same as give me a keg of beer. Well, call in. 
Is it? <laughs> this is Are we taking calls? Uh, you know the number. Yeah. What's the number here? It was one eight five five. One eight five five. That's too many digits for your numbers, but it doesn't matter. Just dial it anyway. Hey, we got the Benz. Have a pretty good time. Like to thank our sponsor, Pizza Wallet. Pizza Wallet. That's a great idea, actually. A Pizza Wallet where you could keep if it were lined with some sort of like foil lining. Keep it. Is that a great idea? Hold, call in. Let us know if you think that's a great idea. Do you want to take that to Shark Tank? How do pants work? How do pants work? Give us a call. The wide end is on top. <laughs> the two little ends, they're on the bottom. <laughs> I should say, for, for, for some of your audience, uh, and it's not about them being your audience, just people listening to this for how to put on pants and shoes. <laughs> Socks before shoes, guys. Please. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the rhyme? Shoes. Socks before shoes. Never sicker. Never sicker. Or sailors take warning. I think it's the sailor one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sailors get sicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And then shoes before Thank you for so- your service, sailors. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys had been on sooner. <laughs> uh, so you sorry. mean this morning I'm before so you woke up? <laughs> I'm so sorry. It took seven years to get you on the podcast. We didn't have anything to talk about before now. <laughs> well, you had Thrilling Adventure Hour. Eh, that's you fine. the writer's podcast. Oh, so what true. is it, uh, has has that opened any doors? For, did <laughs> Thrilling open doors? Did the writer's podcast yeah, open any doors? Yeah, Thrilling for sure. Um, in fact, the, the Star Wars book is because came about because the editor, uh, one of the sort of the big group editor for Lucasfilm Books was a Thrilling Adventure fan. And the whole office was. It well, was great. I don't want to put that on all of them. <laughs> I, I'm going to say it here so it's on the record. Everyone likes us over there. Um, but he – well, you, you can tell yeah, they Yeah, they were talking about an idea uh, and they were internally like, what's the tone? And they said, well, The Tick or, or Sparks Nevada. And then who should we get to write it? Why not those Sparks Nevada guys? So, no, like, but guys and, like those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and he was like, could they do that? I'm like, yeah. yeah, no, of course we can. Yeah, they called us up and we had this conversation and we went uh, – uh, they asked us if we'd be interested in writing books for them. And, and, and we said, do we have to get off the phone and pretend to talk about it? <laughs> and we just say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to do this. So is this the first in a series of books? Yes. This is the first of four um, for this series, Join the Resistance. Um, yeah. Um, and and it's fun. Like I think it has the stuff that you talked about that Thrilling has, which is like the layers that people can enjoy – the sort of all ages fun that yeah. I think thrilling was, despite often being dark. Uh, it was like, yeah, there was never, there weren't swears in that. No, show. It, it wasn't. Sort of, it wasn't dirty. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you get it, you get it. Um, but yeah, we like thrilling. The people who know thrilling know thrilling and like thrilling, <clears throat> and so has like that has opened doors for when, us. When when did you come up with thrilling? How did you how did you come up with thrilling? It an it's, it's a very complicated. We stumbled into it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> we kind of yeah. did. We 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 wrote a feature of Sparks Nevada, uh, Marshall on Mars, and then read the feature uh, in Blacker's living room with uh, the, some of the actors that mm-hmm. would most of the actors that would be in the original cast, and uh, and then it was I had been working as a writer on Paul's monthly show, the Paul Tompkins show, mm-hmm. and so kind of had the ins and outs of of what that entailed, uh, and so it, the radio conceit meant that people get get to hold the scripts in their hands. And uh, not memorized, no blocking, and it gave us the deadline and put our stuff in front of an audience. So it was win, 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 win. Yeah. Uh, and the radio conceit specifically, 
Uh, it was something we had always talked about doing. Yeah, with and I think because it was genre somehow. stuff. Like we, it was a space western, and it was this thin man with ghosts, and like they just all sort of lent themselves <clears throat> to that medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it was practical. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like we threw it up in 2005, and did a few months as a trial and it was really fun and you know it took probably six months eight months to sort of come together to call to us with the, the sound effects and yeah uh, uh, getting the sound effects guy joel spence uh yeah. and getting the band that we you know to score the thing instead of ooh, hastily making a pair yeah. of cds for <laughs> a sound guy at mbar who didn't really have the uh well mbar wasn't really mbar was wasn't tiny, set up. so it wasn't really set up for i mean like largo the coronet was yes. really the perfect yeah. space for all of that, that felt and like vibe wise good. too, it's yeah. the perfect yeah. space. The, the big red curtain and like it, it just felt like coming home. We had to get a curtain man. That's right, <laughs> a curtain puller. You needed a curtain. Puller. We did. We did a union curtain puller. Um, but yeah, like those first few months of thrilling, I think we knew everyone in the audience. They were friends or friends of friends, and then maybe after a year or so, uh, mm-hmm. it just started take started taking on a life of its own. And like we got a couple of nice write ups, and we also started having guest stars who would help get the word out. And uh, then by the time we got to Largo, which was five years in, like it was a long time we were at MBAR. Oh, wow. uh, and then we went to Largo, which was two and a half times the size. Uh, and we were really worried about filling it, but it also, the vibe was amazing there. And so it was a little bit of relearning, but... Yeah, it changed the intimacy like, yeah. of the... It went from a small supper, supper club to two and a half times the size. And it was like... From a from a writing and from a performing standpoint, like yeah, can, can you, do you have, we can't whisper anymore. <laughs> you know, do you want to do more film stuff, television stuff? Does what, what's what is what is your ideal situation? You know, if you could if you could do whatever you wanted, what would it TV be? has TV, always been the thing. We love it. Yeah, I it's, feel like we we came up or the big influences are like Buffy and The West Wing, and everything we do is a combination of those because they're about smart people uh, working together uh, and. Emotional drama. Um, and, like, you can only do that in a sort of prolonged storytelling format. Yeah, like, if uh, the, the TV gets to be long form, like, if, if your characters can only exist in the frame of a movie, amp them up. Make them more interesting <laughs> characters. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm seeing a lot of series now that are, you know, in as much as... Um, Cable television really created this revolution that seemed to absorb a lot of independent film mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of great uh, five episode series that are stretched to like ten episodes. Yeah, um, and Didn't so where I, I just I, I watch stuff and I go, okay, this looks cool. But something needs to fucking happen. Yeah. So what is it that you think is going on? Because I know it's – I try to be very forgiving because I go, well, it's hard to make stuff. And it's difficult to parse something out over like a 10-episode arc. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think is happening when you see something that just sort of like, oh, mm-hmm. that this is kind of a repeat of the last episode or this is – they haven't really landed a big thing yet. They're yeah. still sort of dragging the carrot for the audience, how are they going to pay this off? You know, so what do you what do you think is happening? This it comes up quite a bit on the writers panel podcast, and and I think what we kind of come to is a lot of the people making uh, TV right now, especially these highly serialized like cable dramas, 
did not come up in highly serialized cable dramas. They came up in uh, episodic network shows. Mm -hmm. And so that was the way they've been trained to make TV. So they know how to tell stories. They're great storytellers, but there's a huge difference between a one-and-done or even sort of light serialization that that something like even Friends did, you know, or like L.A. Law used to do. Um, and the heavy, heavy serialization that Netflix does or that AMC does, and I think they're they're not they're not bridging that gap. You know, they're not. They have to relearn how to tell what is in essence a ten-hour story, right? Uh, and that's it's a hard thing to do. <clears throat> I don't know. I also look at it and think like, how do you? You have thirteen episodes. How do you possibly have filler? <laughs> Because I feel like we would cram so much into any right. given episode. Well, now, but now, but now, we want to play with all the characters. Right. Like, but now a, a the show is, like you're talking about that's true. is like, you know, like we have to solve a murder. One murder, not a murder every episode. There's a murder this season, mm-hmm. right? And and so if it's not really about that murder, then it might feel yeah. Like were there more around. were there more plot centric shows? Like I look at something like Broadchurch, mm-hmm. which I think was ten episodes that first season and had no filler because yes, it was about this murder investigation. That was the plot of the series, but what the show was interested in were were the characters. It wanted to explore in depth every character and then tie it. to That had a Doctor Who. It sure did. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I watched it? I mean, of course. <laughs> did the you best you Aren't version you a big Rory? Grace Point? I watched you... a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't Broadchurch for you? No. It wasn't Broadchurch. Um, and, and the second season did, of Broadchurch did it just as well. And I think a lot of British series, because that's... That's the model. The, yeah, that's the model. They've, they make six episodes. They make eight, so they eight episodes. Because you're basically making a 10-hour movie. Yeah. You're making a 10-hour movie, these, kind of, these, lim- these limited series. Yeah. And, like, and, what shows have you watched that have done that? Great. I mean, Broadchurch was the one that sprung to mind. I know I've seen certainly more than that. I mean, to me, I think Breaking Bad is the of perfect example yeah. of because I think I think what a lot of, what a lot of times happens is <clears throat> people get into the ideation phase and they go, "Oh, we have all these great concepts and all these fun ideas," and then they start kind of unrolling them and laying them out without really, I feel like, without really understanding exactly where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You know where you you throw they throw a lot of things out there to get the audience engaged. You go, oh, what? Well, that's a whole crazy mystery thing there. That's an interesting storyline, and that. And then at the end, I feel like there's all there's a lot of times just sort of a cop out where they just kind of say to the audience like, eh, who? It's up to you to figure right. it out. And like, no, fuck you. Right. It's up to you. <laughs> you took me down this you road. You took me down this road. It's your responsibility to wrap this up in a responsible yeah. way. You said, guess what? I said what? You have to say. You have to say what? It's a social. Con- it's a social contract. Yeah, exactly. No, but what they're saying is chicken butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never get to chicken butt. <laughs> their answer. No, their answer is chicken butt. There's no, no I didn't answer. Si- I didn't sign no in here. I didn't say what. I said I didn't, chicken butt. So, I know that rhymes, but I am asking for oh, resolution. If things, if things rhyme, that means they're true. That, that means <laughs> that rhymes. Mark. That is you true. You know it rhymes. But I just think that uh, you know that there is a responsibility that you have to your audience, and you you know. You can't just say, like, well, you know, some things you just never know. Like, no, no, I know that's life. <laughs> this is a scripted right. show. Well, if I wanted to feel bad about something, I <laughs> yeah. just live my life. Just turn this off and then just <laughs> Walk sit around. and stare out yeah. the window or go try and put internet. on shoes or <laughs> Yeah, try to put on shoes over my pants. The shoes goes over the pants, right? <laughs> I never said What kind of Shit. weird pants do you have? <laughs> I have pants with built in socks. I have oh, footy pants. Those sound fun. So, do I even need shoes is the question. <laughs> 
That's only if you're not put the shoes on. Depends on, on your schedule. Come on, don't step in a puddle. <laughs> it doesn't fit my schedule. I don't have time for every little shoe thing. <laughs> laces. You, you know stuff. how long the accumulated time it takes to put on to tie laces. I, right? I, I course spend, of a year, I, I could brush my teeth. Twenty-three hours calculating on this spreadsheet how much time I waste lacing my shoes every single day. Turns out it's twenty-two hours. Twenty-two hours. But today, it's a wash. No laces on the oh. shoes. No laces. Are those the comfortable? Shoes. They are these. Uh, audience, can uh, you see these shoes? They're Jaws themed. Jawsies. Yeah, one of them has the shark, and the other one has the lady swimming. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer, that was her name, probably. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Fifty. Chrissy. Shot. That's right. It was just, Chrissy. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's go, swimming. guys. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying, odds are pretty good. Uh, but Jennifer. I agree. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, um, Fargo, Fargo did this uh, is like the perfect combination of plot and character. Right. Uh, the perfect mix of those things to carry all ten or thirteen or whatever, however many episodes. Right. Because they are that is a limited run. Like each season is kind of its own standalone. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are other show yeah see yeah i don't know if i should say which shows don't do it well no don't say nice, that that's, nice that's why i said what shows do it well yeah yeah, yeah. that's that, that's the high i've been road. doing this for 300 episodes chris Stick well with and me. also you know again i know that it's sort of i know that it's hard and i know that because I, I, I i i'm friends with a lot of showrunners and i know sometimes things you plan out don't always work out because of budget or because of, of network direction right. changes An actor leaves the actor cancels the actors leave yeah. or they want yeah. or they want some sort of a different experience or the editing something happens in the editing yeah. process or they didn't get a shot it's but, amazing that a show comes together to at all let alone to be great yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i i really it's easy to sit and watch them and go what the fuck why didn't mm-hmm. they just but i know that if i am if i were to make a 10 episode show i would probably go afterwards oh <laughs> this is hard yeah you know this is yeah, really yeah. hard uh, the Good Place. They did it great. Yeah. Did you watch place. The Good Place? No. Oh. Get, you got Katie it. Katie liked it. I love that show. Take a break, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Katie <laughs> does nothing but take breaks when we're here. She's I'm so excited. The Good What did you like about it? It was just what? so clever and different. It was so clever and different. I loved it. All right. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's, it. yeah it is worth don't, your time. Yeah, don't find out anything about it. Just yeah. watch it cold. It's okay. great. And it's only like 10 episodes, 13 episodes, 13 right? Episodes. And half and hours. And half hours. So, so that's like... It's Mike Shore, who you got love, it. right? Yeah, there were a couple. There were there were a couple shows this year that I got burned on. Oh, where... Burn, was Burn Notice one of them? <laughs> <laughs> rescue me, one of them. Ben, tell your Burn Notice rescue me joke. They should swap titles, just like Mr. Robot and Humans. Yes, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Humans does that really well. Tells the thirteen episode story without filler. Yeah, that was. It might be six. How many? No, it's not. It wouldn't be six. It'd be, it'd be eight or ten. Yeah. Right? it'd be eight or ten. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I love that. Doesn't channel. matter. I didn't mean to correct you here on national. Television. Listen, all we're not on television. What? All of AMC's I get programming <laughs> is fine. Yes, we have makeup for you. All for your feet to put your shoes on. And then uh, we're not fucking. Shit. You guys want some foot powder? <laughs> no, no. Do you, you, you want some ankle rouge? Sorry, the internet. Just sort of bring out the contour of your <laughs> ankle. ankle. <laughs> Don't you have an ankle rouge? Ankle rouge is my favorite single by Mike Furman. <laughs> that was my favorite city in Alaska. Oh sure, <laughs> Ankle well, Rouge, Alaska. Um, uh, my We've time favorite. For one more. Uh, this is the worst episode of At Midnight I've ever seen. <laughs> candy. You know when you can't think of something, you just all you, all you have to do every time is just go. The quickie mart is really <laughs> dope. That's what you have to do if you don't know if you can nice. get uh-huh. a good. Line. Sure, that's from Star Wars, right? It's from. St- 
Uh, he's never seen. Uh, it's really pretty good movie. You should really check it out. I'll tell you this: Sounds the great. fun of working with Ben Acker Hi. is he's a blank slate. It's <laughs> like he's the like the movie he, Clean Slate with Dana Carvey. He's like oh, he that, great. except he never knew anything. <laughs> So, so like, I'm like, Ben, slate. what do you think Star Wars is? And oh. crazy ideas come out. <laughs> what do you think Star it's a, Wars it's is? Uh, celebrities from your local television shows <laughs> have an Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all they have an Olympics? Yeah, mm-hmm. they have like a sports. Wait, what do you think the Olympics is? It sounds, like, it sounds like you're, wait, it sounds like you're talking about Battle of the Network Stars, which was a yeah, show. A Star War. Okay, <laughs> that is uh, right? difficult to argue. Yes, but that's a different kind of st- star. You're talking about celebrity stars. Homophones are your friends. <laughs> Homophones and homonyms are your friends. Can we bring back Battle of the Network stars? I feel like they... I mean, there are no networks yeah, yeah, yeah. anymore, but... <laughs> well, they kind of have that now with, like... I mean, isn't that sort of what uh, uh, the celebrity dance show is? And That is true. Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Dancing with the Star Wars. Dancing with the ne- Network dancing, Stars. Dancing with the Network Stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel That's like they... Point. Well, I don't know. Variations. I don't know. I don't know if the idea of a Network Star really means what it meant. Right. It's someone slumming for movies now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, somebody, it's a movie star who wants a regular job. <laughs> Movie star who just wants some job security family. in a regular schedule. Wants to stay in town for a few months. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They just want to work six months out of the year on a regular thing. and Say hi to the same people every say day. Say hi to the same people and focus on their family. <laughs> they just want to focus on their family. Yeah, it's nice. Two inside. What Let is, us know. Call us up. All. Call us up. The phone lines are open. <laughs> right now. Should uh, you put rouge on your ankles is the question. Oh, ankle rouge. Bring them out. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Bring out the contours. <laughs> Bring out your ankles. We'll bring the rouge. I mean, in Victorian times, that would sure. have been scandalous. So hot. Yeah. So hot. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuckable ankles. Ah, <laughs> oh, that the yeah. lateral malleolus. I cleavage. believe is the uh, technical. The that was yeah, the cleavage. cleavage. <laughs> yeah, that was the cleavage. Ankles were the cleavage of, of Victor, the Victorian times. That's my favorite Doctor Who Steam, episode. Steampunk <laughs> cleavage. Steampunk, ankles are steampunk cleavage. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Well, I think, although, uh, now cleavage is steampunk cleavage because of, you know... Bustiers. Because of bustiers and, and, the, and the boosts that go in them, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. Yay. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we did this to you. Damn it. it just reminds me of why, like, whenever I see you guys at a party, I always go right... I'm sorry. Oh, these dummies. I always go right... Let me ruin this party. I always go right... Oh, there's Acker. He's always... He's always He's always Careful. good for a fight. I feel like... All right. <laughs> he's always... He's always here. He's always... I can see him. From, that guy's always from around. Yeah. He's always... I mean, he's really he, hanging he around. Always <laughs> is. All right, thanks. I was going to be. But at the last minute... <laughs> changed my mind. Beard. I got some network. I can see him from far away. <laughs> this will be as satisfying. I'll just watch him from across the room. Yeah. Oh, he fell in something. Watch, out, watch what he does. He fell in something. <laughs> In the corner, sitting You're in a punch standing. bowl. The only kind is to fall standing. He's sitting in a punch bowl with socks over his shoes. That man's insane, I tell you. Well, that's Why hard. is he hitting himself in the head with a giant hammer, <laughs> telling everyone he's Napoleon and painting where, his tongue? Where do you get? Where do you get a giant hammer? The cartoon store. Yeah. It's on the Warner Brothers. Yeah, at Acme. Yeah, you get Acme. Yes, that's the correct. Can we take it back? Yeah, can we go back? I mean, we're going to, we're going to re- well, I don't. I don't do the name brands. I go to the. Oh, gotcha. The, it's the bottom shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's all organic. Yeah, it's <laughs> the all organic cartoon store. These are factory defect uh, cartoon gags. Yeah, yeah it's that. Blessed by a rabbi. You go to the outlet mall. That's what you do. 
What else are you guys watching? What are you, what else are you guys watching that you oh, like? You're watching Legion? Yes, yeah. I am watching oh, Legion. Man. But I am and I love it, but I'm still waiting for it to lock in. Like, oh, this is the thing that's gonna happen. Oh, I'm Legion along I'm like, along for the ride. Legion is like a thousand percent style. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's gorgeous and everyone on the show is great. Mm-hmm. And I love where I think it's going. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I'm still like and I'm still super excited about it, but I'm just waiting for that like aha Yeah. You know? I yeah, I did feel It's so- a lot of like Okay, I get it. He doesn't know what he's right. Okay, I get it. You know, like, let's just, I want to get to the thing. You Three know? episodes in, I was sort of ready for the plot to yeah. kick in because now we've sort of seen, yeah. you know, what this show can they do. Set the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, like, I think we know the characters a lot sooner than they anticipated us knowing the mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. Uh, that, like, oh, we're in it from episode one. Yeah, but I'm, I'm definitely in. I love it I'm, so much. I am I'm definitely in, and I love where it's going, and I love that. I love that we live in a world where it's just, yeah. you know, you can get uh, essentially, you know, a, a comic book show. Yeah. I love that scene. I love the, uh, that, I don't know why, but when they're sitting in that room in the last episode and there's just that X window mm-hmm. behind Yeah. Them, there's just it like a so lot of so satisfying. Little, yeah, it's really satisfying. <laughs> As a nerd. A superhero thing that isn't an origin story. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's true. Well, you know, in films, I think the origin story, and that's the other thing too, is 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 showrunners, writers, um, script script screenwriters, mm-hmm. uh, script writers, uh, script scribes. <laughs> you've been in, you're new to the industry, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Script, script sentencers. Script sentencers? Mm-hmm. But they... Uh, <laughs> Sentencemen. <laughs> the Sentencemen. Starring John Hamm. Uh, I'm in. I'd watch it. But I, but I think what happens is that uh, there's a lot of legal stuff that gets in the way. Usually, mm. I think when there are problems, it's probably business affairs, and not to yeah. not uh, not not trying to crap on any lawyers Tim out there. <laughs> Tim from business affairs, because you know, like that's that's their business is to make sure that everyone's protected, and you know, like but it, getting in the way of that. So with origin stories, a lot of the time it happens. It has to do with licensing issues. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to relicense this, and we're going to retain the rights to this. We have to, you know, every so often. The, the getting around it is like we have to we have to start the franchise over mm-hmm. yeah. in order to lay our claim to this storyline. But Legion is the first TV show or movie, superhero style, that didn't start with the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have to see slow motion pearls. That's true. <laughs> I think they'll get so to that. Was a the major slow motion pearls. <laughs> slow motion pearls. <laughs> like the scream, mm-hmm. <laughs> the shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben. Wait till you see the finale. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, so they're actually crossing universes. Exactly. Then in, this in, whole all of Legion, the, the the twist ending is it's the production of Zorro. <laughs> yes. That oh, young Bruce Wayne saw. <laughs> spoiler. That's a spoiler alert. Is it? Or did I just save you a yeah. bunch of Sorry, time. everyone. You did. No, but I am ex- I am excited about Legion, and I and I really hope that it continues to, you know. But it's you know even the. Even the end credit sequence, I'm like, ah, that just looks fun. You know, the, whole <laughs> yes. show just, the whole show just looks yeah. fun. It really does. But I just want to, I want to see some shit happen. Sure. Oh, it's gonna, shit happen. it's gonna. Are you watching Taboo? I'm not. No. It's fun. Yeah. Is it good? It's Thomas Hardy. It's Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, is he covering his mouth in this one, or he's not? You get the full. He's well, he, so good. Man. He is really good. But he always talks like he's covering his mouth a little right. bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It's hard not to hear me, no matter what he says. Did you see that? Is it? It's Tom Hardy, not Thomas. I'm overly formal with him. Ed Hardy. Uh, is it? Did you say that Ed, Ed Hardy Hardy's movie, <laughs> where the, Tom Hardy driving the car for the whole movie? Uh, no. Mad Max. No, but yes. <laughs> Covered his mouth. Covered his mouth. Yeah. Yes, and that is the best Tom Hardy it, and Mad Max. Is it Drive? It's not Drive. No, it's called. It's by the writer of Taboo. 
Uh, Stephen Knight. Driving Mr. Daisy? Yeah. It was a Mr. Mom sequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's by Stephen Knight, and it's like, it's compelling in ways it shouldn't be because it really is, the whole movie is Tom Hardy driving a car. Uh, trying to get home and, like, explaining to his wife about this affair he had. Uh, and it takes place in real time. And it's, well, he's great. It's he's just, he's one out. of those guys that you just can't help but watch no yeah. matter what he's doing. So good. But Taboo is probably one of the most beautiful-looking shows yeah. I've ever seen. Like, the whoever the set designer and the cinematographer and the direct, Like, it's so gorgeous. Um, and it's really fascinating. And a lot of it has to do with... He comes back to London. He's this character that everyone thought was dead, and he comes back to London because his father. I'm not spoiling anything that you couldn't just easily find out. It oh, don't worry, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, but people listening. So this is not a. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just giving you the pitch for the show. Uh, his father has died. He comes back to London. They all thought he was dead, and he has a claim on. And it basically he goes to war with the East India Trading Company, mm-hmm, and it cool. takes place in 1814. Uh, and it's and it's just a it's a fun, great, great show. Cool. Nice. We'll check it out. Please do. Yeah. Well, we're taking your calls right now. Should Tom Hardy have a mask in every movie? <laughs> and should he be in every movie? I think he should. He really should. He's he really should. should. You say you're taking calls, but you're looking at me like it's my decision. <laughs> well, I want you to decide. I don't want you to feel like I'm should forcing I call, calls should on I call you. Should I call in? Would you? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. We'd prefer if you call in. Here, ben, just, just, yeah, just put your number call, in. Call me in on my your phone. phone. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Am I committing to this bit? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Audience, take a break. <laughs> Well, we'll have, we'll have Katie tighten this up. Some kind of incidental music. Well, I put it on airplane <laughs> mode for, uh, out of respect to your podcast. I appreciate that. All right. Chris, do I have your hard mic? Here we go. You're in so do you, do you do this in here or do you go in the other room? How does this work? <laughs> oh, usually? Yeah. When we take calls on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you should step stay outside. In I think you should step in the yeah. other room. Oh, I see. Let's okay. see what happens. You were telling, not asking. No, I was just, yeah. I'm telling. This rug could be in Legion. Yes. <laughs> this rug is fantastic. Hello, you're on the nearest podcast. Uh, yeah, the question about... Um... <laughs> you can hear him closing the door as he talks. <laughs> you're asking about Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were asking about Tom Hardy. Should I have Tom Hardy in masking everywhere? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks for your call. <laughs> Worth it, you guys. Worth it. I love your show. Well, I love your show. <laughs> Great bit. Great bit. Great bit. You'll punch that up, right? Nope. Katie, you'll take this whole thing out, right? The entire episode. <laughs> it all stays. Just leave in the this part where I plug the, the show. Spontaneation episode. <laughs> Was that an hour? <laughs> did we? Did we it's get? It's been forty-five minutes. Oh Jesus! Like we better almost... start. Well, when do we start? Uh, we don't. Oh no! Yeah, this is the show that never. This is, let me ask you something. So I, I listen to the show all the time. I'm a big fan. Um, it's so hard to start a podcast, not to begin making a podcast, but when you're actually in the interview. I've started when I have people in the studio for the writers panel saying, "This is it. This is how we start." I don't. Which I hate doing. I don't start it. I know you just roll in. Yeah, because I don't – because I think there's a lot of things that people listening, you know, if that they don't know. When you're having a conversation with someone, what I realize from podcasting and seeing how people react to stuff sometimes is that like 70% of communication with someone is not spoken. Mm-hmm. So 
when people come in, I can see their body language. I can see if if they're looking around, if they're looking down. I can see if they – and I'm studying them the entire time to see are they comfortable? Are, are they, they about human? to stop? Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll miss and I'll, I'll jump when they're about to end. And so I cut them off, which I know frustrates people. But it's because I'm trying to anticipate. And sometimes it looks like they're about to finish and then they keep going. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I never want their defense shields to go up. And when you say, <clears throat> it is time to start the podcast, times that I've done that, and just from times when I'm a guest, you yeah. see people's posture change. They get, like, maybe they'll put an arm in front and they yeah. become very, you know, like not aggressively defensive, but just a no. little defensive. And it's unconscious. It's and I don't like, want, oh, and we're I doing don't a formal want, thing. Yeah, and I don't want their armor to be up. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> Katie starts recording. Obviously, if someone says something that they that's personal right. or that they didn't want on the I wouldn't. I wouldn't sideswipe them that way. Right. But at a certain point, they realize that we've been recording and we're already talking. And by that point, they're already open up to yes. a degree. And so it's just. It just sort of. I want people to be comfortable. Yeah. Well, you're also really good at like dropping in after a couple minutes. Like, here's who my guest is. Right. Which I find really hard to do in a natural way. But you always make it very. But yours natural. is also. Um, this this show is so general, and it, this mm. show is really sort of like. What's it like to have a coffee conversation <laughs> yeah. with someone that you don't really know that much about, but you're interested in? You know, it's almost like a like a friend date. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I really like this person. I met this person at a party. I kind of want to learn more about him. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know anything about you. Let's just talk and see what you're like in, in a conversation. But writer's panel is specifically about writing. So it's very directed. You can't weave all over the place. You have to kind of do that within a certain... Theme. We have to stay under the umbrella of yes. TV writing. And so that makes it a little more interrogative. That's true. And, and not just conversational. Yeah. Uh, even though it, it, you know, the conversation flows and yes. you, know, you get people talking about stuff. But it's very much... Do you, do you have a series of questions when you... I don't. I, yeah. I do feel like it's more like conducting, though, mm-hmm. than just a freeform conversation right. especially because I generally don't do like one or two people I'll have three people and it's on. very much like a panel yeah and, yep. that, and that's the fun for me is like three writers who would never meet each other necessarily who work on all different kinds of shows coming together to talk about the thing they have in common which is writing TV isn't it strange though to think that <clears throat> because you had this idea because you were interested in this thing these people you know these kind of disparate people come together that maybe wouldn't have been together before and then they might spark something mm-hmm. between themselves or someone listening one of your listeners like that really is influential in a way that you know i mean you i don't know if you could really put it on a spreadsheet what the <laughs> value of that number you what that number couldn't. is <laughs> but but there but there is something to like yeah. someone will people are legitimately learn from that and you know you've definitely inspired you know like a generation of young writers. That's really thank you. That's I mean it's nice to hear, and I'm always flattered when people, especially like Ben and I, will go to meetings, and it was often assistants for a long time saying we listen to the podcast, and that's incredibly flattering because I only I mean I think like you I only did it because it what didn't exist already, right? And I wanted it's something I wanted to hear. I you want to learn. You want to learn conversations. about it. Yeah. Um, so that the fact that now, you know, it's been five years and people have sort of entered the business listening to it and have taken information from it is, is amazing. To who, me. who surprised you the most or what, 
and I don't mean surprise like, mm. well, this guess is going to be terrible. I just mean like surprised <laughs> you in, in terms of. I always <laughs> assume that. <laughs> surprised you in terms of, wow, I did not expect this, you know, this uh, payload of information mm-hmm. to come out in quite this way. Is there, is there any that stick out to there you? There have been a few. I mean, early on, Vince Gilligan was a big one, and he was one of the first one on one conversations I did. And it wound up going for 90 minutes uh, just because we were enjoying Vince it. really is a great talker. He just has such a great <laughs> way <laughs> about him. To something. He's a great – he's <laughs> such a good guy. He really is. And he's thoughtful about what he does and he wants to share that knowledge. And he came up, you know, in X-Files, where, which was like boot camp for all those writers. And uh, I feel like – that's the one I always recommend to people to go check out. Was my f- it was the second conversation with Vince. The first one was a, a bigger panel. Um, but yeah, he was one. Uh, Jenny Connor is one I think about a lot who runs Girls, um, which she just – you know, I hadn't talk- talked to many female comedy showrunners. And she just had a lot of really interesting things to say um, about – both about Girls and about coming up in the Apatow camp and, and – making TV in general and having a voice, even on a show that was not a show she created. Uh, that's really Lena's show. But well, you know, cool. it's, what, what it makes you realize <clears throat> with this, you know, this particular medium is that um, literally everyone has a story. Yeah. And, and they don't have to be famous. Everyone has, everyone has a story. So that if you're interested in something, no matter what it <clears throat> is, if you find someone who's been yeah. doing that thing for a while and you mm-hmm. sit down and talk to them, you will probably get... A non-zero amount of information that will be useful to you if <laughs> yeah. you know if you can figure out how to apply it in the right way. I'm at a uh, at a party. I'm at a dancer uh, who is turning thirty, and so she her career was wrapping up, at, like a professional ballerina and, and right. that kind of thing. And I, I, we were just talking. It was like I whatever. I just I'm subscribing to your podcast right now. <laughs> She's like, I don't have a podcast. Get a podcast. Like somebody who does something, who cares about it, who yeah. likes it, who can speak to it. Uh, I'm totally interested in that. Yeah, because you don't. I think there's also like interdisciplinary things that you can learn. Like someone doesn't Absolutely. have to be a. You know, if you're a if you're a director, you can listen to sketch comedy people mm-hmm. talk about sketch comedy, or or doctors talk yeah. about. How they got through medical school. Like, there, there are things that you can extrapolate from any, any discipline. I was listening to Adam Rogers' Storyboard podcast. Oh, Adam's great. Right? He's great and great at it. And listen to that podcast if you don't. But we were pitching a network show, and he was interviewing an architect, a San Francisco architect. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to know about architects and architecting <laughs> so much. And he made that, co- that conversation about art and commerce uh, so directly compelling to me in that exact moment. It was- Adam Rogers is intimidatingly intelligent. Yes, <laughs> to the extent where you 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 just like oh your your brain just going to start throbbing and you're going <laughs> to levitate <laughs> off the floor. He was my editor. You're just at telling Wired. me about right. you're just telling me about rum drinks and <laughs> how are we in 1490? Yeah, I mean it's important to remember he's also a tremendous nerd, so it's fine. And, and oh yeah, you can take his lunch money like I'm yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He would just give it to you. Yeah, he would because he's a nice guy. He would just give it to you. Like I don't want you to have to go through this, this bully process. Uh, did you read his you. his book about rum? About uh, alcohol, alcohol, the science, the, of the alcohol. science of alcohol. Yeah. I didn't read the it's book. Great, it's great. To anyone like you, don't have to know anything or have an interest in science. Like Ben is a doesn't mm-hmm. understand or believe in science. I believe it's pronounced sky. <laughs> <laughs> And enjoyed the hell out of <laughs> proof the science of alcohol. 
All right. <laughs> is there a book? Would you do you guys? Would you guys want to write more? I mean, this is this is a book. I mean, like this. That's is a book. Like, it's like, a for real. It's, pro- it's a for real book. But is there? It does have illustrations by Annie Wu. Oh, really? Yeah. It has like spot oh, illustrations. They They're awesome. She killed it. Yeah. She's, she's one of our favorite uh, comics illustrators. Do you have series in your vault? Of where you keep your all of your work, <laughs> maybe someone would call it a hard drive. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, a hard drive is a computer thingy. Oh, yeah. I, Do you I have anything in your computer? I thingy? use typewriters. I'm a real Tom Hanks about it. <laughs> That's how we got on this podcast. Yeah. Sent Tom Hanks a bunch of typewriters. <laughs> no, I did that. <laughs> to, mm, I you sent us a bunch of typewriters. I sent Tom Chris, Hanks typewriters to get asked. you on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, right. It was you, a very random. Shot the way president of doing so that Jodie Foster would love you. That's right. And it, <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking? <laughs> oh, I just started watching The Americans. Thank God. You're it's welcome. It's the best. All right. Damn, that's the one I haven't watch watched it? yet. No. Uh, if you want to do a so podcast about it, good. I'm only a couple episodes in. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, let's do a whole podcast about The Americans. <laughs> yeah, no one would do a podcast about watching TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> no one would do a show about another show, you guys. It's just not, not reasonable in any way. Uh, Who would do that? But do you have... Do you have full series mapped out that you guys would do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, look, we've been at this for a long time, and we've sold a lot of shows, and they didn't get made into shows. They just, we just got sold, sold the pilots. And, but when we do that, we break five seasons of show. So, like, we have so many things we would like to do. So, mm-hmm. if, you, so if someone is, because I'm sure you get this question all the time, if someone has just decided, mm-hmm. you know what, I, I think I really want to pursue i really want to do this but you know i work um at an insurance company it's not I, you know i have a family but i really want to be a writer what's my first step knowing that i can't just quit everything and just focus on this right yeah like look it, writing is free you don't have to live in los angeles to do it just right. Not sure that's true, but okay. Well, you don't. Have I to do haven't it to tried write. it elsewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure writing works anywhere else outside of Los Angeles. But if you, but if you Look, want to try it, you don't need a computer. All you need is a pencil and paper. That's true. You know, like oh, it's going to take forever. And, and just write. Like yeah. this is the biggest piece of advice we always give. Um, like if we do panels or something, the best way to learn to write is to write. The best way to get into the business is to write something good. And the only way you're going to write something good is to keep writing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do. A thousand pages. You have to do ten thousand pages before you're going to be good at it. It's your eighth script that is the one that's going to hit. And what is it about that? Is it just a, is it just a question of writing, seeing what doesn't work, trying again, writing, seeing what doesn't it's work, building a muscle. Again. Yeah, because it's, it's a craft. Because at least in comedy, you have an immediate feedback mm-hmm. where you can see if things are working or not. But if you, how do you know? How would you know? I think that also people say this, and we don't say this, mm-hmm. but reading is the yes. thing you also need to do, and as you as you write and write and write and write and read and read and read and read yeah. you and read you, everything right read but, scripts read but books you'll be able comics. to see what like you'll be able to be a better judge of your stuff mm-hmm. measured against other things because you'll start to see the scenes you'll start to see the yeah. matrix of how writing works mm-hmm. you'll internalize Just done it. structure and character uh, and plot and all these important things that you don't that are hard to explain to people and like that's why most writing books are not great writing books you know like the best writing books are stephen king's on writing uh and and lamont's bird by bird because they don't tell you how to write they say you can write go do it we all have an internal sense of story Mm -hmm. uh it's just the people who find the mechanical way to put it on the page who become writers 
a ton, a ton of writing class once, and uh, there was one episode of the class where I, for three hours, just made them write and write and write. Like, Is it because you didn't make a lesson plan that day? No, That's the lesson plan, it was a ball <laughs> Did you just refer to that as one great. episode of the class? You, yeah. Okay, yeah, but you are <laughs> a TV writer. <laughs> and, uh, and they wrote, like, they wrote a thing, and then it took a little five minute or whatever to read around. But they they wrote for three hours, and at oh, the end of it, I said, <laughs> they loved it. I said at the at the end, uh, the difference between being a writer and wanting to be a writer is you make yourself write for three hours yeah. instead of I make you. Oh, that's a great! Oh, god damn it! It's really true. That's it's really true. Really they that was must a great have, like, someone must have been crazy. I'm really paying you to fucking make me. So I could do this at home. <laughs> Why don't you do this at yeah. home? Uh, the, that, and that's absolutely yeah. it. The worst version of that, though, in the first episode of that class, another <laughs> teacher from who was teaching the class uh, down the hall, the pilot of the class, <laughs> <laughs> came over. Yeah, it was the pilot came over and, and extolled the virtues of this book that the syllabus for the class had come from. This fifteen dollar book, he said. Uh, everything you're going to learn in this class, he said to my class, Jesus. you could get from this book. And it was a bunch of people who just spent 300 bucks <laughs> going, then why, why are we? Oh, why are we? that sucks. Yeah. He's dead now. Ridiculous. <laughs> Total accident, though. Yeah. Don't know how it happened. I mean, you accidentally killed him. Oh, no, 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 no. I was nowhere near. He was an old man. <laughs> <laughs> how many people have you killed? What? Is this going out to the world? No. Let's take a call. Let's take another call. <laughs> 14. The question is, how many people... We're, we're actually bidding. How yeah. many do you think Ben has killed? All right. You gotta... <laughs> I mean, you know, we already did the bit once. You got to... Yeah. Tw- uh, like yeah. Call back. The rule of twos. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a rule of seven or eight <laughs> this time. <laughs> oh, I see the... He's so mad. About to <laughs> he hates it so much. Ben Ecker has never committed to a bit. This is the first time he's committing to a bit. It's and fun it's because he's so him. deflective. This is my forcing you to write for three hours. It is, it is killing oh, him. I think the phone lines are about to light up. <clears throat> Any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come. There's podcast loser. What's the, what's the question? <laughs> How many people has Ben Acker killed? Uh, uh, he's not. I don't mean like. What are you looking for? None. Round, uh, round up, round up. Round up, like four. But higher. Really deserved it. Higher. Probably four, higher. Four and a half. Higher. Uh, five. Higher. Are You're we, running out of time. Are we playing Joker's Wild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna place his right this and say one. That's the correct answer. <laughs> After today, it's gonna be two. Oh, he hung up. <laughs> Surprising. Where'd you go? You just missed our call. Oh, you've never seen me in the collar in the same. <laughs> what? Oh, it never occurred to me before. <laughs> I, also, was, are you Superman? That was just fun. I know you did not. <laughs> I didn't have an answer. That you was didn't want to get up and I didn't. I'm really comfortable. You know, though, it was a bad improv game on my part because I was asking you for a specific value, and that did that didn't give you anywhere to go. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't take an improv class. That's okay. Did you? Have you taken improv classes? I did in in like 96 97 I did groundlings for about a year groundlings really and then I um... do your character <laughs> well I yeah so I did groundlings for about a year and then it it was right around the time when I knew, I'd already done stand up in college a bit but I hadn't done it for a few years and and, and after I did improv for about a year I was like no I think stand up is really the right you know when you try to control every scene and you're not supposed to control <laughs> a scene 
uh, as we've just witnessed, That's like really literally funny. seconds ago. <laughs> that uh, wait, did I do that? No, I did that. Are you teaching me? <laughs> yes, Wonderful. I'm teaching you through my mistakes. Right. That uh, that uh, you know, and and then after that, I, I just uh, I never I never really went back to it. Sorry, That's I tried to control the scene, Chris. No, I tried to control the scene. Can I, you guys I stop love controlling the scene. <laughs> uh, you're controlling the scene now. Bit. Katie's just closed her laptop because she's definitely controlling the scene. Isn't that where the recording happens? <laughs> but I don't know. The recording happens in that little explain di- that little didgeridoo. Ghostbusters, right ghost oh, traps. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that was for me. It was it was realizing like, oh, I think I just like it's. It was very hard for me to rely on other people. Sure. Like I like taking responsibility for everything myself. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting to me. I mean, but you guys, you rely on each other. Yes. So, it, when you have a writing partnership. Is it, you know, like, what if you feel like writing and he doesn't feel like writing or vice versa or he has to get something done? Nobody ever feels like writing. No, I feel like writing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So you've just already contradicted each other. No, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm the one that feels like writing. It's not so much, it's not so much feels like writing. It's more like conversations about what are we going to do next? You know, what are your strengths? Let's get on the page. What are your strengths? I can do everything. So um, you can no, pick up a car. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you've seen Action Comics number one. I've that's seen me. Action that's Comics me on the cover. One. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, when we started out, uh, Ben Acker was sort of the big idea guy, um, and I understood structure. I think, um, but this was a long time ago, um, and since then we've both sort of learned. Where did you guys meet? And how did two people meet with almost exactly the same name? I'm glad you asked. We're going to get this out there today, and we're never going to repeat this story. Yes. So here we go. This is why I'm asking, because people, people, people will yeah. always ask. We'll send them to the, post, to the podcast. I'm sure it's the first question when you sit down in a meeting, and they go, so you guys didn't plan this? <laughs> Did you make this up? Can we just pitch you the fucking idea that we came? (laughs) They don't don't like cutting to that. There are not a lot of one letter off teams that I'm aware of that were not. No. No. Well, Tom Lennon was writing with Tom Blennon for a while. (laughs) For a lot, for a really long time. Yeah, and then Um, Ben Garant. Ben and I went to Syracuse University together, um, and we became friends. Was it sophomore year? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we had been hearing about each other because we were the favorite student in these two uh, professors' classes. And the two of them were best friends, and each of us were the favorite of one of them. And they were like, next semester, we're going to switch students, switch favorites. Uh, and so Too many characters. They were trading? <laughs> they were trading. Yeah. They were like, I want you to enjoy this person. Yeah. And so I was told, go take, was it Scotty's class? You were, take, Kathy told you, take yeah. Scotty's class. Go take Scotty's class. Scotty told me, if you're looking for a challenge, here's this religion class that's really hard. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> and so I did not take that class. And these three hung out for a semester yeah. going, whatever happened to that guy whose name is close to yours? Yeah. Now, the crazy thing mm. is when I was in high school, I was friends with someone who we won't name. I don't want him to get the publicity. Uh, but his cousin is named Ben Acker, this guy. Yeah, my cousin. And this idiot, Dan, never mentioned. Well, you just said you were not going to name gonna him. I'm not going to say He's not going to say name. Dan Bresman. No. <laughs> this idiot with whom I was friends for four years, I'm not saying his name is Dan Bresman. What? Find him on Facebook. <laughs> Was it had a cousin with a name that was almost mine, and he never mentioned it. Nor and we me. didn't know until like oh. we had known each other for months. Yeah, and we was, were talking about we someone. were talking about his brother. Yeah, yeah. can I tell you I, that yeah. people who are in people who are that close to a situation 
never occurs to them. Yeah, if, I don't think that was Dan's if you, problem. If, if, you drive, <laughs> <laughs> if you drive out, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people. Uh, you know, there's Claremont, like the Claremont colleges. If you go out the 210, mm-hmm. the next town over is called Montclair. <laughs> and I made a joke about it to someone from Claremont once, and they go, that never occurred to me. I'm like, you live there. The next town over is just the reverse of yours. <laughs> That's really funny. What are you talking about? So I think it doesn't really occur to no. people who are that close to it. But it That's is shockingly yeah. uh, coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So and when did you finally meet? We had a good laugh. Uh, when did we finally meet? We both, oh, you were behind me in yeah, line. Yeah, I was behind him in line. We transferred into the film program at Syracuse, and he got his materials and whatever that line was for, and, and had to say his name. And so I said, your name is Ben Blacker. That's simple. My name is Ben Acker. And he had been hearing about me for a semester. So he said, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> I said, sure. First thing I said to him. Um, yes. But, in, to what end? What is this regarding? He this said, could be any number of things. <laughs> I'll show you where we've been. We've been waiting for you. Yeah. And so he took me to the coffee shop, and that's where, where we would we hang lived out for the rest play of the cards college. and yeah. cut class. And I mean, alphabetically, you're superior in this situation. Yeah, in height order, a whole sure. bunch of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, two ways. Let's say two ways. <laughs> let's, let's say two ways. I wrote a hit play. <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> uh, then we started writing together after college, and it has been ever since. Did you immediately move out to Los Angeles? I did. did. You did. And then you struggled. I finished up at Emerson College, where I took a great TV writing class, uh, which was taught by this old Roseanne writer, um, which now that I know, like I've talked to so many writers, I realize Roseanne went through about 300 writers on her show. Oh, wow. So this teacher could have been there for a month. Uh, but she was great, and she treated the class like a writer's room. And so Ben was working as a PA on Will and Grace. My first Hollywood job, I was a PA, and I was also, I essayed the role of Stan on the show Will and Grace. <laughs> you still get those residuals? Mm-hmm. You see like a, like a twelve check in the mail mm-hmm. every time. Um, and my friend was working for the agent that represented the showrunners. So he asked me for a TV uh, script, and I said, sure. And then I said, how, how do you write a TV script? <laughs> To Ben, who had written a TV script, and we got together. Uh, I flew to Boston, where all my college friends lived for some reason. And um, we wrote a bunch of crappy Buffy specs. Yeah. And it was so fast and fun. Uh, it was really fun. Was it. They would so have been was, fanfic these days, yeah. but they were really fun. To Did write. you ever put them out? No. Is that the key? Is just if someone doesn't have a, an idea to write to just pick a show and spec it? Well, that used to be the way it was done, was if you were a new writer, you would write a spec script of an existing show, and that's the thing that would get passed around. So we wrote Buffy, we wrote Malcolm in the Middle, we wrote Will and Great, like we wrote a bunch of specs. We wrote a Drew Carey. That's right. Mm-hmm. A body-switching episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> I think no one read it, because it was like the last thing we did. But that was and what we used to do. Um, and then over the past, sort of the about five years ago, it started to change where people started writing original pilots as their samples. And it has been my mission on the writer's panel to get that to swing back because I think specs of existing shows are more valuable. I understand why showrunners want to read original pilots because you're getting that writer's voice. Mm -hmm. But so much of being staffed on a show is emulating the showrunner's book. Well, that's also, that's also, yeah, that's also another skill is not just, because sometimes you can tell you know, you'll watch something and you'll go, all oh, the characters were really just the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all talk the same. They all, you know, they yeah. all kind of have the same vibe. They're all the same person in different clothes. Yeah. And 
to learn the skill set of coming in and writing in someone else's yeah. structure. It teaches you voice. And it, obviously, you can learn structure that way because you have to study the show. And how that to work doing. in a room and how to compromise. Yeah, and how to, absolutely. You know. um, pilots are so hard to write. They're so hard to write that I don't want to read a pilot by some 20 year old kid. <laughs> well, because also, uh, it, I think it, the reason that. The original material didn't used to get sent around was for legal reasons, I yes. thought. So because if someone, you mm-hmm. know, if, if someone could sue if they, like, submitted an original pilot, and you're like, oh, I have, my pilot's about, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, a blackjack-dealing dinosaur, and then, like, a blackjack-dealing pterodactyl series <laughs> comes <Mike>. out. Because <laughs> the pterodactyl's not a dinosaur. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, it I think that that's was new. That would be the justification. Their lawyers would be like, uh, the pterodactyl is not a dinosaur, so, so. nice try. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. And this is uh, this is a, a, a two-deck blackjack, <laughs> and that was like a full four-shoe. Really splitting hairs. Yeah, so I think <laughs> different. you see it's totally, totally different. Your dinosaur was in Vegas. This was in, This one is in... Um, From... Uh, Carson to- City, Carson City, Nevada. <laughs> yeah, which still is legal, total, still legal, but totally, totally different. Yeah, different show altogether. Yeah. yeah. Also, this dinosaur makes meth. Um, <laughs> I think legal reasons were part of it, but I think it was also just like this is how it's been done for sixty years. So uh, that's why they did show the specs of, of existing shows. But I hope I think it's valuable for new writers to do both. Really. Do you think the sitcom is dead? No. <laughs> well, you haven't watched The Good Place. Okay. I, I'm not saying it is. I'm just asking just because it's, you know, that traditional four-camera sitcom. I think it's finally evolving. I think that's exciting. Like, in the mm-hmm. same way we saw dramas evolve, I think we're seeing comedy evolve. And I think four-camera's not dead either. Like, One Day at a Time on Netflix is a great four-camera sitcom. It's funny and it's warm and it feels like you're watching a Norman Lear show, which you are. But, you know, it's it's a new version of that thing. Um I think, you know, like in any of these things, you hear a, a genre or a, a mode of making something is dying, but it's only because it hasn't been done well in a while. Right, or you it's know? evolving. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think sitcoms, The Office was a big step in evolving American sitcoms into a single camera format, and now we're getting to see the benefits of that. Like the best shows are single camera shows. But I, yeah, because I think even the idea of a sitcom... I don't know if I would say Baskets is a sitcom, but it's well, that's, funny as fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's a, but it's also really intense and heartfelt and yeah. well, beautiful. Borrowing from each other, sitcoms are yeah. dramatic now, and that's what keeps them relevant. And, yeah. and you can have an hour that's funny. Yeah, in the way we got to like, I think the funny hour sort of came first, and there started to be more and more humor in Breaking Bad and Fargo and shows like this, and now the dramas. And I think Louis was in large part responsible for starting to meld those things, where you can have real people and real stakes like everything FX is doing on the half hour front is great do you, do you think that people want it, you know in an age where most people are anxious just because you know because the world we the live. world is crazy <laughs> and you know and uh, the internet makes you know lets you know that everything's going to kill you and there's so much information that we're trying to process do you think people want a, a comedy experience that is an, an escape or do you think it needs to be you know, do you think it needs to address social issues in order to allow them to process, you know, what's going on? There's room for both. I yeah, think. I think it, we want it both. Depends on, yeah, the person and the mood and what happened that day. Yeah, I mean, I know that the big buying trend this year is towards escapist stuff. 
I think it's a mistake. I think, uh, yes, do that. But also there's an overwhelming desire in the creative community to say something. And let's see what those shows, what shows come out of that, mm. you know? Fantastic. Yeah, it's good. This was a great, this was, I think we were like an hour and 25 minutes. This was fun. Uh, we cut out the, the dead weight. Mm-mm. In. Can we plug something before we wrap up? No, I'm sorry. There's no time. <laughs> it's a like plug it. and an invitation. A plug invitation. All right. Well, if it involves me, then I guess that's probably okay. <laughs> You're probably working. <laughs> but tomorrow, March 8th, yep. right? Yep. Tomorrow's a Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, tomorrow, March 8th. Fuck. Uh, you have two shows. Yeah. Uh, we're uh, doing a Good idea. book release party. That is also a benefit for public counsel, which provides pro bono, pro bono law services to underrepresented Los Angeles communities. Uh, it's at Largo. We've got Weird Al. What? Jenny Slate. Hang on. Doug Benson. No, you didn't. Uh, it is Star Wars themed because it is also the book well, release. What are going to do? Hold on. I'm going to go to it. I'm going to learn about Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, I've done a lot of planning that are surprises for Acker in this show, just <laughs> for fun. I think the Lucas people are going to be like, can you please stop saying you've never seen Star Wars? <laughs> as a joke? Well, I think that every podcast we do, we're going to get a note from them. <laughs> um, this show is going to be super fun. It's crazy to me that it's not sold out yet. Um, Michael Giacchino, who mm-hmm. did the score for Rogue One, oh, I know who he is, is yeah. doing uh, Star Wars-themed sea ch- shanties. Oh, that's great! Uh, Janina Gavankar from yeah, Sleepy Hollow is and gonna. She's, she's gonna sing some stuff. True Blood, yeah, yeah, she's gonna do stuff. I've uh, written some Star Wars. We have some sketches. sketches that we're gonna pull out. We'll see if they uh, get in the show. Sarah Watkins, our old pal, Sarah Watkins, Sarah's great, so good. Uh, she is singing a song which I have wanted her to sing for a long time. Uh, so she's going to do that. A friend of ours, Zach Sherwin, which what yep. was his MC, rap name? MC Mister Nappy. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. uh, Zach. I went to Zach and said. Listen, you don't have to do this, but do you think you could write a rap based on a beat that is based on the cantina theme? Oh, which is so in his wheelhouse. Right? Yeah. It totally is. So he's working on that, which should be pretty great. It's going to be a really fun show. Yeah, Zach's uh, a fucking amazing writer. Oh, yes. my God. Some of the. He's done songs for Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which have been some of the best songs they've done. Uh, he's a funny, funny guy. And in just an incredible lyricist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're fitting Th- the thoughtful. lyrics into the, you know, they all fit and they're all complex, but they all make sense. Yeah. And there's an arc. Like he is, <laughs> did you well, see, yeah, did you see the videos about that goose? No. A duck. It was about a duck. It was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It was like a four-part rap. <laughs> about this. People should go look. Yeah, it look up. it up about a duck who survived a, a, a fox attack or something yeah. like that, and him just trying to get it placed in an animal That's sanctuary. Right. His, 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 he's wonderful. Like his, he's just his a rap good song spirit. about the uh, Spigbo manometer. Mm-hmm. I don't that, know that. This is the thing that you listen to the heartbeat with. Is <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. So, like everybody, Gabby Moreno. Do you know Gabby Moreno? She's great. She's like a. Sort of folk soul singer from South America uh, who I saw. She did a benefit with Sarah and just killed the song that she did. What a great lineup. And she's coming. She's going to sing a Bowie song for us. Like, it's amazing. I went to an escape room with uh, Sarah Watkins and That's right. her, her husband Todd yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Mike Furman. And it was for Mike Furman's birthday. Is this an escape room? Well, I mean. Get interviewed your way out of it. <laughs> technically, no, because you can't leave. Uh, There's no way out. It's more of a saw room. Yeah. It's more of a saw room. That's right. I think in that dirty bathtub over there, you will find uh, oh, God. Uh, a corpse. And inside that corpse's chest cavity is a key 
which you will need to open a vat of acid to pour on your foot to melt it off so you can slide it out of But I just rouged that foot. Oh, we'll do it on the non-rouge foot. You're right, you're right. It's like Guillermo del Toro's Rube Goldberg machine. It is. It's like Guillermo del Toro's... Uh, bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> Who wouldn't watch that? I would watch the oh, shit out oh, of that. <laughs> it's a little dark. I'm not in. No, I, I am way Well, in. Ben doesn't believe in magic either. <laughs> well, it does exist. Let's just say that Guillermo's doing bed knobs and broomsticks. And then yeah, a, I'm a, pretty a, sure like, he is. Listen, facts don't have to mean anything. I heard it on a podcast. I heard it on a podcast. <laughs> that means you can source it to Wikipedia, which means it's going to happen. Guillermo del Toro's bed knobs and broomsticks coming to a theater soon. So you're saying you can't do this show? I can't do your show. I'm That's so true. It's only because of uh, on uh, on Wednesdays at midnight we do two shows, uh, so we do an early show and we do a late show. Right. So I don't uh, I don't get out of here till like ten o'clock. We can't do at midnight on Wednesday. So yeah, so sorry, sorry. we have this show yeah, to do. Do you have to do it? Uh, you can go to largo la I, I don't actually have to do it. Well, can, why don't you come do at midnight? All right, can, even though you weren't no, really booked before, but now that you've taken that option away from me, I don't all I want. I don't need to be at the show, so I can totally. Yeah, you can totally. I'm doing this show for you. I know it's for our anniversary. Aw, that's so. It's our anniversary already. Oh jeez. Yeah, Fred Flintstone, it is. You got me a bowling ball for our anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I'll use it too. <laughs> I got you a Star Wars tribute show. <laughs> and I got you a size 15 shoe. Oh, boy. I got a rock. Uh, ben Acker and Ben Blacker, Star Wars, Join the Resistance, um, is now available. Yeah. Wherever books are sold. I Pretty imagine. much, including yeah. Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Find out about the things yeah. we're doing. Because we want people to come to this awesome show. And we have comics Follow and stuff coming out. So. Yeah. Uh, at Ben Blacker, at B.N. Acker. Benacker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at Benacker. He's a speech impediment. <laughs> Another guy has the B.E.N. and he is nice to forward things to me from time to time. <laughs> people are like, great show, man. He's like, yep, thanks. Here you go. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just hand over the... You'd think. Oh. Can we use the power of Nerdist to compel him? <laughs> <laughs> the power of Nerdist compels you. Uh, can we just buy it then? <laughs> no, not even that? No? Okay, I guess not. So we'll just go fuck ourselves. <laughs> He's a Wait, nice guy. He doesn't... I mean, so I asked no, you... I just think it's funny to yeah. just start a war with this poor guy. Be like, I didn't do anything other than have a name. I'm, everything I'm doing is completely reasonable. Yeah. I asked you how to start a show. Yes. Uh, how do you end a show? Enjoy a burrito. <laughs> Deft. Deft. Thanks, Deft man. Fun. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.